The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, and thanks for listening. I am so fired up for a new year and a new season. I mean, come on, we can't help but be hopeful for change in the new year. One thing that hasn't changed is that here on the Healthcare Wrap, we believe that the healthcare experience has to change. And so we're trying to do something about it. If you want to help healthcare be more about consumers and innovation, this is the place for you. We're going to help you find your place in this new movement, and you're going to be one of the ones leading meaningful change. Each week, we speak with leaders who are part of the digital transformation movement. We share tips on shifting the way that healthcare is experienced digitally and the backstage strategies for marketing operations and digital teams to stay ahead of the curve. This is episode number 143 and the start of season five. This whole season, we're going on a new quest to see if we can find answers about the digital healthcare experience. Like I said, I'm fired up about this. So here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about what the destination for the digital transformation looks like. Where are we headed and where do we want you to come with us? I'll talk about that. Then we have our new segment, The Flow, with our brand new co-host, Zane Ismail. Folks, get ready to change your mindset about innovation. Zane has a lot to say and you're going to love it. Then we have the 411 from Brian Cush about what he's hearing from digital marketing clients. It's time to dive right in. You ready? Let's go. flavor of the week. What's our destination with this movement? Can you see it? Russ Hill is a leadership consultant who was our guest on episode 94 about changing culture. Since he appeared on our program less than a year ago, he's published two books. In the first one called Decide to Lead, he shares the four questions anyone who wants to lead others must be able to answer. One of those questions is, can you see and describe the destination? He talks about how leadership requires the ability to see the future and describe it regularly, clearly, and frequently to those they are leading. After all, the very word leading means that you're bringing people somewhere, not sitting still. So let me give this a try. We invited you last week to recommit to being part of the digital transformation movement. So what's transforming and where are we moving? The destination is crystal clear. The healthcare experience has to change and we're trying to do something about it. We're actively working to bring healthcare organizations to a place where they obsess about consumers and innovation, where digital isn't just a bolt-on strategy or a junior-level research team to keep interns busy. It's a place where it's understood that everything is being experienced differently, and digital channels are a key to all of it. So digital investments, strategies, and actions are leading to the experiences that consumers are demanding in all aspects of their lives. The destination is a place where what's best for the consumer and what's best for growing the business are the same 
things. When healthcare organizations obsess over what the consumer wants and what's possible, amazing things happen. They make their community members healthier. They make healthcare more accessible and equitable. They spend less on fruitless marketing. They drive up loyalty scores. They attract better talent. They don't complain about silos. They no longer deal with leadership churn because teams are firing on all cylinders and delivering results. So here on this program, we don't just talk about how to succeed in the current system. We talk about how to change the system. That's what we're here to do. Join us and be part of eradicating the status quo of the healthcare experience. It's time to lead meaningful change with digital. And that's the flavor of the Week. So we're here with a new year, a new season, and a new quest. And here to guide us along that quest is my new co-host, Mr. Zane Ismail. Zane, welcome to the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, Jared. Thanks for having me. This is the dawn of a new day, and uh, what better time? I'm telling you, so much is going on. There are so many questions, more than ever. People are just, there's chickens running around with their heads cut off. Everyone's just trying to figure out what in the world is happening in in healthcare now. And we're going to do our best to dissect it. But let's start with, man, uh, to have a new co-host, this is just a a thrill for me. Uh, This is really cool. In the conversations you and I have had, just riffing, just getting to know each other, every time we've been like, man, we should have recorded that. Yes. Yeah. Like we should have had that as an episode. So I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled that this is where we're headed for, for the next while. And, and that we have a chance to talk more and bring these conversations out to our listeners. So let's start with like the, the two minute lowdown on, on Zane, you know, tell us about yourself. Yeah, sure. Thank, well, first of all, thanks Jared for including me on this. Um, I really appreciate it. So my name's Zane. I'm actually a Canadian. So that's one of the things that's most unique about me. And I've spent the first portion of my career working sort of in innovation roles and engagement roles in health systems in Ontario, Canada. And more recently, over the last four years, I've been working now in the United States in sort of innovation and strategy and transformation roles. Originally, before I got into healthcare, I was really passionate about sort of the art and science of service and hospitality. And I thought I would go work for the Four Seasons, the Ritz-Carlton. So that theme in my life, this theme of hospitality and making people feel welcome is really at the core of a lot of the things I get involved with now in healthcare. So in a nutshell, that's me. I'm really passionate about trying to figure out what the future of healthcare looks like. Definitely from an experience and you might say sort of a marketing perspective, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity in that space. Really, that's me. And so I've been working here, like I said, in the United States, in Canada, and then do a lot of work um, with some community groups, one called Hacking Health, where we bring various stakeholders together to sort of at a very grassroots level, start to come up with new ideas and projects, largely in the digital health space for health systems in Canada, the United States and around the world. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. One of the things that, that I thought was really interesting is how having that perspective, being in Canada, but then working on the U.S. side, you're in the Windsor community, you're in the Detroit community. You know, you, man, what a perspective because healthcare systems couldn't be more different at times on, on both sides of the border. And so I think that perspective is really going to open our eyes and open our minds here on this program what about something that's not in like your elevator speech, you know, like something that you don't usually lead with, uh, something non-professional about yourself? What's something you enjoy doing in your spare time? Most recently, I've got gotten into rock climbing, specifically bouldering. And so I really enjoy doing that. 
sure similar to you, I think a lot about work all the time and it's at the forefront of my mind. And so when you're on the wall climbing, you really can't think about anything else. And so I love doing that, you know, staying focused on, you know, the path I'm going to take and holding onto the wall. And it, it just allows me to sort of get some mental freedom from, from my job. I'm pretty decent at it. I need to work on my core strength a little bit more, but it's been a lot of fun. That I did not know that about you, Zane. Uh, we're going to have some, some talking to do. Yeah. That part's going to be fun. So the question person off the street would probably ask is rock climbing. Oh, wait, have you seen free solo? Like the, uh, yes. Yeah. So (laughs) I watched free solo on a flight back home from Paris. It was a beautiful day over the ocean. And so I was watching the movie on my obviously TV set on the, on the airplane. And then I could look down and like see the Atlantic ocean. And there are a few times where I was just really afraid. Like it was probably the most stressful movie I've ever seen in my life. And there's no way in heck I'd ever do something like that or even attempt to go, you know, 10 feet up one of those cliffs. <laughs> well, good. That means uh, that means you you have that the, the thing that Alex Honnold, the one in Free Solo, there was the part where he goes in and and gets his scan, and they're like, "Yeah, there's the part of the brain." And this is, this is sad. I don't remember that part, but the what it's called, the part of the brain that actually tells you to be fearful. You know, to actually have some some normal human fear about stuff that he doesn't have. It's basically like desensitized. Good stuff. Well, I bet we'll we'll find ways to work that into the conversation uh, in, in more, even more. And I guess it's it's a unique thing in my mind to and just to have such a different perspective. Uh, you can see what's working at the Canadian health system. And I think that's going to work itself into a lot of, we're going to have a lot of questions. I don't know if you and I are going to be able to solve a lot of things, but we're going to have a lot of questions that I think can lead us to making progress. And all of you who are listening are, are going to come on this quest with us. And I think make some progress. I think we all know yeah, we can't, we can't boil the ocean about what's wrong with the health system, but we need some better conversations that are going to lead us into better places in a more efficient way, like in a more in a more pragmatic way. There are those who are just already desensitized. There are those who are numb in leadership roles. They're just like, don't even talk to me. Don't use words like transformation, innovation. Don't you don't yeah. tell me those kinds of things. This is the reality. We're stuck here, and they can't. That's a gulf that they can't you know bridge themselves, and they're yes. they're going to they're gonna need people within their organizations to help bridge that gap for them. And, and I, I see that as our role is kind of bridging yeah. that gap. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one thing that's always been a theme in my life is just sort of like widening, widening our aperture to see more opportunities. And so, you know, one of the things I've noticed particularly about, you know, leaders here in the United States is they often look to benchmark and look for inspiration within their own country. Mind you, healthcare is a global market, if you will. And there are many, many examples of wonderfully innovative care models and digital health stuff going on outside of Canada, outside of the United States, in Europe, in Asia, in Africa. And it's often conversation we don't bring into the North American context. And we really miss out on a lot of opportunities to, to learn from others. And so that's definitely something that's you know, at the core of who I am and certainly what I hope to bring to um, this forum as well. Oh, I can't wait. Let's dive into this. Let's talk about this quest that we're going on in season five, because where I got to why this is even my quest. And then I'd love to hear, you know, what, what you think about just this question itself and, and why now is the right time to be embarking on this quest. So when we ask ourselves uh, this new thing, the question for this season is, is it even possible 
to achieve the patient experience that consumers need and want and are asking for? Is it even possible to give them the experience? And where I got to with even asking that question was being both on the vendor side. So speaking with with vendors, even from a someone who's providing some kind of digital service or product or platform to a health system, someone who is trying to sell into. And so they're, they're trying to get the CMO's attention or the CIO's attention or the COO's attention. And they're trying to explain, look, here are all these big, hairy problems that, that we can solve with this one platform, this one thing. And all it takes is a chatbot. That all it takes is this integration with your CRM and your EHR. All it takes is this. There's been so much talk, and I, I think I over-index on hearing what marketers are saying to other marketers about yeah. how to solve healthcare. And yeah. no wonder we're kind of starting to run run on empty about, is it even worth trying to do this? Or are we just stuck in the current quote unquote healthcare system forever? And sure. that's the discouraging part, I think, to a lot of folks within healthcare who are like, on a day-to-day basis, you're seeing, the, you're seeing patients or you're at least hearing those things. If you're in a marketing or communications role, if you're on a digital team role, then you're at least coming across them. I mean, those are the, that's the content you are sharing with people in some way, or you're, you're managing an, an organic side, a paid side, whatever it be. I think one thing we can offer our listeners is that glimmer of hope of like, yeah, actually it is possible, but not right now. Like right. not, not with what we've got going on. So that's the thought initially. And maybe along the way, we're going to find some, okay, here's this part of it that can be provided right now. Here's one area where the type of patient experience that we need and want can actually happen. But we're going to be as clear as possible. It's like, this experience is is a set of different touch points. And one thing I loved, I'd love to hear, Zane, is that just with your background with experience design, human-centered design, mm-hmm. innovation itself from the business side, that's a different perspective than what a marketer typically comes with. You're speaking a different language in a lot of ways that can help marketers understand. And so I think one thing that's that's to be clear on this program is that we're not just talking to marketers. Like that's sure. that's one subset. There are a lot of other folks who are interested and they might be on a digital team, but they might be on an innovation team. Yeah. We're going to be speaking to a lot of different people hoping to just make everyone more aware of what's going on. So, so Zane, so what's your initial answer to the question of, is it even possible? Yeah. So to answer your question um, specifically, and I'll be intentionally provocative, I'm going to say a big no. Currently, I think it's impossible to achieve the patient experience that consumers are asking for. And the reason why, you know, without you know going down the rabbit hole, in my opinion, is by looking by by looking at two things. And the first is organizational structure. So the way, you know, most health systems in the United States and frankly in Canada are organized make this impossible. So it's a org design problem, and then it's also a culture problem. And, and we can go on and on about those things, and we will. And I think it's so important that marketers and people on the outside and people trying to potentially partner or sell into these health systems understand those things because that will explain potentially why you know things aren't moving very quickly when i talk about a culture maybe we'll start there you have to realize that most healthcare organizations when you go way back in time into their history draw their culture either from the military or from the church and so think about how many organizations you know like saint luke's saint michael's whatever a lot of these organizations were founded in faith which isn't a problem I'm personally a person of faith, I don't mind. Or some of them, you know, were founded more, you know, from a military perspective. And so what happens is you have these 
extremely hierarchical organizations. And as you know, Jared, those types of organizations don't lend themselves well to innovative thinking and certainly don't lend themselves well to human-centered design thinking where you really have to follow and believe and trust the insights that you're getting from your patients or your people. And so hierarchical organizations want, you know, from the top down, they dictate what is going to be the way, as opposed to learning what should be the way, you know, by understanding your customers and your patients and your health plan members. So that's that's the culture side. We can ramble on for hours about that. And then on the organizational side, which is similar, it links to the culture. You know, if you think about how, you know, many of these large hospital systems are structured, you know, there's many hospitals that are glued together by some corporate structure. You might have some service lines running in between, so on and so forth. But there really is no robust mechanism to work across. And what I mean by that is there may not necessarily be teams of people and forums and the tools to work across an organization to do things at scale. And so when you think about you know, I've never worked for Google, but I'm just imagining you know, a place like Google or Amazon or Twitter, or you name these, you name it, uh, Silicon Valley company. They're very good at working across in terms of how they've designed their organizations, their tools, their people, and their culture. And so they're able to think about the entire experience when people are accessing their products and services. We're in healthcare, we're not yet mature in that area. And then when you hit the culture, add the culture to that of these hierarchical silos, it has a, a ratcheting effect downward, if you will. And so for those two big reasons, I would say, no, it's not currently possible, but that doesn't mean it can't change. And you know, certainly my efforts and your efforts and the efforts of our listeners are going to help to change this for the better. I sure hope so. I'm going to agree. I mean, I'm just going to say 100, 100% right there. That's, I think it's safe to say, I don't know anyone who would argue any of that part. So Zane, why is now the time for us to go on this quest? Like what's unique about the world? What's happening in healthcare? Like why now? Sure. A couple things. So I'm trying not to say COVID because that's getting a really tired <laughs> answer, but obviously this global pandemic has highlighted some, some huge challenges in healthcare. You know, American health systems, Canadian health systems aren't as resilient as we think they are. We'll park that because there are many podcasts that cover that at, at nauseum, but maybe to get a little bit more generic and high level, I like to look at the economics of all this. And so if you start to look at the budgets that governments have, including the United States, we're going to have a problem here because the cost of healthcare continues to increase. And at some point, there's going to be no more money left. And we're already starting to feel that. So I see that a lot in Canada, where there's less and less money to invest in physical infrastructure. So building new hospitals, new clinics. And frankly, every year or so, it seems like there's less and less services covered under public health insurance plans. And you might argue, you might be able to argue the same thing is going on here in the United States, or it just becomes more and more expensive. And so at some point, there's going to be this reconciliation where we're really going to have to think radically about how we deliver healthcare in much cheaper ways and find radical new partners that can help deliver services that scale extremely efficiently. And so that's one kind of big macro trend that I think is currently continuing to increase, especially if you start looking at, you know, how populations might change and so on and so forth. There's less of a tax base than there ever was. You know, you can see it in crumbling infrastructure and, you know, healthcare will be no different. And so that's one big thing. The other big thing is sort of, you know, all the advances we're seeing in technology. Um, I really like to keep track of what's going on in the health and fitness world because I think those tools 
eventually cross the chasm and end up sort of in the medical space. So you see that a lot with things like this, but originally were just a tool for managing your health, but now they've added some sweet things to it or managing your fitness. And now they've added, you know, some the continuous blood glucose monitoring and so on and so forth that actually now make it more of a medical device. And so we're seeing tons you know, opportunities in that space, digital therapeutics, and you name it. And so we're coming to this point now where we have excellent technology, if we know how to connect it all, combined with poor economics should spell for an environment that's ripe to do something completely different, if that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. No, it's also given me a lot to think about and also uh, building my excitement for the rest of the season, because Mm -hmm. we will have some opportunities to dive into probably each of these topics and really get a little bit more about what's happening now, because the biggest thing that I've sensed through all of this and what I hope to get out of this quest, the biggest thing that I've gotten out of what's going on over the last 12 months is the fact that there's this window that has opened for innovation that had to be kicked open. And now we don't know when it's going to close. We don't know how long it's going to stay open. And so I have felt the sense of urgency. I remember clearly about six months ago, thinking even for the type of you know work I do, you know, hey, I can I could probably just sit back and just I'll be cool at just doing exactly what I'm doing. And like yeah. in the exact second, my mind said, wait, wait, like that window is open right now. So yeah. what what if you threw every assumption out the window? about even the, even just like the digital parts of a patient experience and then even broaden that out to the healthcare consumer experience because the patient experience is like less than 1% for non-chronic patients. Uh, most folks out there, it's less than 1% of your life where you're actually a patient. So nice. broaden that out to like what else could happen? What's possible? And my brain hasn't stopped since then, like just cycling through, well, what, what about this? What about this? And so those are the kinds of things I'm excited to talk about with you uh, the, this, this whole season. And I'll, I'll kind of leave on this note for, for this first episode with you is kind of what I hope to get out of this quest. Sure. What I hope to get out of it is more awareness of the points that are like the bright points out there. Those sure. who are part of the solution the incremental innovations that are happening that maybe we can take some inspiration from and maybe call some things together at whatever health system or healthcare organization we belong to, or if you're in selling, even selling into them, you know, whatever part of this, the system that you're in, that we can see that there are some bright spots and keep that window open a little longer. What's the 411? Brian Cush here from Tidal Health Group. With us now months into navigating what COVID-19 means in terms of healthcare marketing and healthcare communications, I think everyone's aware of the idea of patient experience being at the forefront and staying at the forefront for a foreseeable future. As marketers and communicators in healthcare, the way we're looking at that is through an idea called web personalization. Web personalization has been around for a while and there's many different types Uh, most often seen in the healthcare setting really from what's called the user set personalization. We will see a pop-up like something like, are you a provider? Are you a patient? Are you um, a job seeker? And it will change the set of the information and how people see the website itself. Where we're really trying to push to understand more and how that matches into patient experience is giving the information that they're looking for, simply. Uh, when we think about how someone searches for healthcare, we know that on average there's 12 to 15 pieces of information that they're looking for. 
that oftentimes can be spread around multiple websites. It can be spread around multiple departments of a website and not always easy to navigate. So we're very conscious around trying to understand at what stage of that information did that person enter. If there's something that they know they already are diagnosed with and they're looking for a specialist, they're coming in on the brand stage for that doctor or that facility. What's the following information behind that search that that person wants to know? And particularly for the foreseeable future, how does that information understand and become personalized to COVID-19? Is there information we need to get from a safety standpoint? Is there information that we can update in real time as more information is released? All those things not only stand out and become a better experience from that patient, there's then technical things around getting that information surfaced quickly and to the general public via our own communication channels or how search engines like Google and Bing read it. So understanding and really just being empathetic to what's the information that person wants to see and trying to map it into the most seamless process. All that means is trying to understand if that person that did that search that knows what they've been diagnosed with, what's the information after? They're going to want to see reviews around that doctor. They're going to want to understand their procedures and processes around COVID and how that will affect them. They're going to want to understand any kind of board certifications. The great thing about being empathetic and the great thing about patient communication is we're all patients. It's not a product or a service that none of us have not interacted with. So really trying to understand and shorten the life cycle of information, research, and gather, and put it in what most of us have already interacted with and give the information that's needed. I'm excited about that part. I'm gonna choose to be excited about that part. Agreed, totally agree. And I think when you really start to do your research, you'll find that the bright spots aren't exactly where you'd expect them. So they're not necessarily at Cleveland Clinic or Mayo Clinic or the big guys, but if you start to unturn some rocks in sort of your everyday health systems, your rural health systems, you'll find there's a lot we can learn there. I agree. This is exciting. Zane, uh, welcome aboard. Uh, can't wait to have you again here. And uh, we will, in the meantime, we're going to keep going on this quest. We're going to find out if it really is possible to provide the healthcare consumer experience that, that people want. In the meantime, uh, so great to have you on board. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. Thanks so much to Zane and thank you for listening. We hope you found some value in this conversation. And if you did, please, this is so important for us. Please subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast. Healthcare Wrap is a member of the Shift.Health content network. Go check it out at Shift.Health. We have 26 podcasts and video series about shifting the way the healthcare is experienced. So until next time, keep marketing forward. Thanks. And that's a wrap. 